Bloody Elbow presents the Level Change Podcast, the combat sports variety show that brings you analysis, fight announcements, and insightful discussion of MMA's biggest headlines. Paid Bloody Elbow Podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content, if available, at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes and Victor Rodriguez. Bloody Elbow Podcasts are proud to be sponsored by RevGear. They've been a pioneer in the industry and have grown into a formidable brand and true leader in the MMA gear market. Bloody Elbow listeners get 20% off. Go to RevGear.com slash Bloody Elbow email sign up. Welcome back and thank you for listening to episode 269 of the Level Change Podcast. I'm Steffi Haynes and I'm joined as always by my amazing co-host Victor Rodriguez. And today we're going to talk about UFC Vegas 82 a little tiny bit. But we are going to talk about Bellator 301 a whole lot. And we're going to look back at UFC 295 as well, because holy shit, what a great card, y'all. Anyways, before we do that, though, we're going to check in with my guy over here and see how his week has been. It's been good, I guess. Um, Very confusing. We've been (laughs) we've been adjusting our recording schedules for a few reasons. And not that that's a bad thing. It's just, you know, when when, when something kind of throws you off a little and then you're like, wait, did we record this week? (laughs) Did we we do the thing? I know there was a commitment there. I feel like something's missing and you're patting your pockets and you're sniffing your armpits. and You're wondering, what did I forget? And this is. Yeah. So this is I I get the sensation that much like last week, I'm going to have the same feeling after we're done here with this. But other than that, yeah, man. I'm good. Turkey days around the corner. Um, you know, I, I'm going to have a good amount of free time on my hands in the good sense, the best sense. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to take care of some stuff I got coming up on the horizon. We're going to have steak. I don't feel like Turkey this year. I feel like steak. So we're going to have steak. Mm, well, I'm going to just make like just the Turkey breast. Oh yeah. See, that's and what then, I used yeah. to do. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm That's gonna get a bottle go. of get a bottle of white wine. Set the set the you know the the vegetables on the bottom, <gasps> and then let that cook. Let that roast covered. You know, it's like it's it, it's a lot simpler that way. Mm-hmm. Especially if I butterfly it open, it's going to be a hell of a lot quicker too. So it'll stay juicy. It'll cook quicker, and I will have a lot less problems with it. So um, yeah. When you butterfly it, yeah, obviously you're putting your butterfly down with your skin up, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then, of course, I'm sticking uh, as much uh, seasoned butter under the skin, good amount of salt on the outside. Um, what you once... seasoning that butter with? I need to know. Oh, no. I mean, you got to have some butter. You got to have some rosemary, some thyme, maybe some sage. I'm a little iffish with it because it's really hard to chop in like a super fine way. So I think I'm going to put lay the sage at the bottom with the wine and the carrots and the celery bits. Um, and the onion because that'll be the foundation. So I might do that. And then, of course, everything that's left there at the bottom, the the, the 
all that excess liquid. That's what I'm going to use for the gravy. Um, I I think that's it. I'm keeping it super simple. I mean, I, surprisingly enough, and I don't want to say too much about it, but I'm spending Thanksgiving by myself this year, which is actually for the best. It's not. Trust me, it's not a sad thing. Mm. Um, it's I'm I'm really really looking forward to doing this as small as I can, and I'm not going to fuck around with the cranberry sauce. I'm just buying it from the can. It's really good. It is. <laughs> I like canned cranberry sauce, but I get the one with the berries in it. I love that style. You know, I'm just going to go for the straight jelly, the, the straight like just straight That's right out the sandwiches. can, shaped like the can. I'm fine with it. It tastes great. I'll make my own stuffing, you know. I'll make my own gravy and uh, probably a small pie for myself. I don't know. Oh, see, the jelly um, cranberry sauce is so good for sandwiches. You get a turkey sandwich. You get your bread. You put your turkey, a thin little layer of the cranberry sauce. And hear me out, folks. A little tiny bit of stuffing goes mm-hmm. a long way on a, on a turkey sandwich with cranberries. Oh, my God. Oh, they really sell. Delicious. Yeah, they sell them around here. There's there's they have them at Wawa and they have them at Capriati's. Those are the best. Those are the deluxe ones. They call them the Bobby. They put some they slather it with mayonnaise. It's so good. Their stuffing is sensational. It's so great. Oh, man, I miss Wawa so much. Mm. (laughs) Anyways, we're going to get off the turkey talk here. And we are going to look back at UFC 295 first because, wow. I mean, just wow. First of all, we went to shit on our picks we made five (laughs) we made five picks all all three of us went one and four okay check this out so mookie got one right he got tom aspinall right i got one right i got diego lopez right and you were on the fence with that i wish you'd come on over with me you would have gotten two right But anyways, uh, and you got one right. You got Benoit St. Denis. And listen, Uh, that man just put the entire division on notice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He is not not coming to play around. That man is here for for real. So let's let's go ahead and talk about this card because it was fucking good. Yes. Every single fight on the card was good. I didn't see a single fight that I didn't like. And now... Listen, I was in the hospital on Saturday night because I had an uh, apparently I have a kidney stone that caused me to puke about 25 times in a 12 hour period. Sorry to hear that. My husband got really scared when I refused to get off the bathroom floor and told me if I didn't get up and come with him to the hospital, he was going to call 911. I didn't want that to happen. So got up, went, and they admitted me immediately because my blood pressure was all over the place. But anyways, I got out the next day, but I didn't get to see it live. I had to watch it um, after the fact, which was great because I got to fast forward through all the Yes. Commercials. Thank you for crossing over Fuck, to the dark yeah, side. You see, you see how I'm living good? Exactly. Exactly. But I do so much of our play-by-play now for Bloody yeah. Elbow that I have to watch live. That's so true. it was it was um kind of a a silver lining in my dark cloud of the weekend to be able to watch it after and fast forward. So I got to just buzzsaw through the whole thing and it made the viewing experience really good too because I got to rewind some stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So Let's um let's take a look at some of the fights. Jamal Emmer's knockout of Dennis Bazushka. Bazuz- 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 wow. What a great way to open the curtain, right? 
I feel so bad for Dennis, man. You know, it, when you see the hometown guy go out there and get styled on that quick. Yeah. I mean, but like it's great for Emmers, great for the division. Seeing a little bit more excitement going on there, right? You're seeing a little bit of movement. You know, these neither one of these guys is ranked, obviously. But this is good to see that kind of life and that kind of like, okay, sensational finish between two really good, hot young prospects. Okay. This is this is intriguing. Let's see where this is a year and a half from now. But Still, I, I, I really was, you know, that that was that set a very good tone for the rest of the evening. It certainly did. Uh, the next fight up, Joshua Van defeating Kevin Borges with a unanimous decision. That was a good back and forth fight. I really mm. liked it a lot. Joshua yep. Van got the win. I was happy for him because I picked him. Yeah. And that body work he was doing was nasty as hell. Right? God damn. That was beautiful. God. And then we had John Castaneda, you know, upsetting the odds there and defeating Kyung Ho Kang. That was another good fight. I mean, all of these fights were great. Yes. Um, Jared Gordon knocking out Mark Madsen. Awesome. Right. I'm glad to see Jared Gordon get back in the win column. Um, you know, he's had he's had a rough go of it. The, the yeah. Patty Pimlet thing, and then the, and then you had the um, Bobby Bobby uh, Green thing, you know. You know what? We don't have to worry about that Pimlet shit ever again. After this performance, mm-hmm. like forget it. The man knows what he's doing. He's great. He's he knows that he's got uh, uh, a high enough ceiling, and he's confident in his abilities. And what a post fight speech! My For God, yeah. I used to shoot heroin downstairs in Penn Station, and now I'm here. Are you fucking kidding me? That's the like. That you gotta, you gotta. I don't care whether you like the guy or not. You gotta respect that. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had a Nazim Sadikov and Vyacheslav Borshev going to a draw. That was a banger too. That was. I did not. I don't think. Did anyone really expect it to be that solid of a fight? Nope. I, I think everybody was, I, thought they could skip over some of these. And you know what? As I was going through, I was like, nope. Nope, can't skip. Nope, can't skip. No, guys. I I expected it to be good. I didn't expect it to be that good. Mm -hmm. And that that is the beauty of a lot of things that happen in MMA. Like, I'm glad that it went as well as it did. For sure. Uh, Mateus Rebecki defeating Roosevelt Roberts, something we all sort of saw coming because Roosevelt has... Man, his his few shining moments are, are dwindling. Yeah, I, you, you got to feel bad for the guy, man. He looked like he had a pretty high ceiling. Then he ran into Jim Miller. Shit got crazy. And now now we're here. I, I don't I don't know where he goes from there, man. But yeah. Yeah. Loopy, my girl. Love her. Got that split decision over Tabitha Ricci. How, how, what did you think of the scoring? I did not have a problem with it. I can see the case for the for why it was a split, but I do. I'm yeah, like Loopy as as much as I, you know, like I wanted to pick her, but I kind of felt like maybe just maybe Richie might be the one to upset the apple cart. I obviously was wrong, but I was not bothered with the way it went. The right person got their hand raised. Okay. Steve Erkeg, or Erseg, uh defeating Alessandro Costa. We expected that, but they put a lot of hype behind this guy, and he lived up to the hype. It was a good Man, fight. He looks so calculated. Mm-hmm. And so many of those exchanges, he just looks so sharp. Like, damn, you know, and I don't... 
God damn it. Like, I, I, I don't want to be too much of a, a, a sourpuss here. But it's like, yeah, you should expect this caliber of MMA. This is the type of performance and the kind of skill that you want to see on display in what is purported to be the NFL of MMA. This is what these events, the high-end, big pay-per-views should be of this caliber, fighters of this caliber putting on this kind of performance. So I'm not going to be too negative. I'm just going to celebrate the fact that I'm glad we got that kind of high-level stuff, even from a lesser-known guy like Ersig. Yeah. Now – At this point, we're getting ready to jump into the main card, but I want to make a few notations here. One, Donald Trump was there. Oh, was he? Mm. He was. Kid Rock was was there. There was a whole bunch of people there, but most notably for me was Bill Burr, you know, comedian Bill Burr and his wife were there. And I love his wife so much because she sat there and flipped the bird right in Donald Trump's face. <laughs> okay. Well, so here's the thing. He had his back turned a little and she gave him the bird and that was caught on camera. But now you got some people. They're going to the harassment brigade is coming you know for, what, for his wife, Nia. And, and Bill Burr is I, I you know, like I feel bad for what the kind of harassment these guys yeah. are going to get, you know, but he's used to it. Um, he is, but not her. I believe that Nia can fend for herself. She's a strong woman. I love her so much. <laughs> I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that. I'm just saying, like, yeah, now you're going to have all these guys. Yeah. Oh, you insulted my my my, my oh, surrogate daddy. Ooh. Like, I mean, motherfucker, go find started. a hobby. Go get a CDL. Go take up some crochet. Get another, get a real fucking, like, get some real problems. Instead of going out here, I need to defend the honor of my president. Shut the fuck up. Good God. Let this woman express herself. Ain't you the free speech people? Ain't you that crew? I like what the when when Dan Levitard was talking about this because he was making comparisons and you can look this up on YouTube. It was a really um, nice bit. I don't want to I don't want to spend too much time on this here, but he was talking about the hypocrisy of how like you know all these guys hate um, Disney and Disney's too woke. Well, Disney's in bed with the UFC. That's right. So you have no problem with this when when he when when Dana comes out with Tucker Carlson and Trump and Kid Rock and one of Levitard's. his crewmates, I guess we could call them, said they walked out like the Avengers of white supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know what? I had to I just I shook my head. I go, yeah, he, that was good. That was good. I got to <laughs> hand it to him. That was that was good. I respect it. But, you know, like this, like what can you really do? I'm just glad that we don't have I, I guess maybe this is becoming sort of rote in a way where we don't need to have as much chatter surrounding it as before. You know, I mean, Trump is no longer president anymore. Who knows if he's going to prison, like whatever. But it just the the kissing, the ass kissing. It seems a little gross. Like, come on, guy. What are you what are we really doing here? Whatever. Yeah. But anyways, um, that was my little bit of notations. Now we're getting into the main card. And listen, Diego Lopez, he impressed me so much in that first fight he had with Movsar Ivloev. He impressed me in that loss because he put it out there. Mm-hmm. You know, and he went for broke and he, man, that was that was phenomenal effort in, in my opinion. Then he comes out in his second fight and he triangles Gavin Tucker. Now here he is in his third fight and what has he done? He beat Pat fucking Sabatini. In the first round, in 90 seconds, wow. 
I mean, he is for real. And I wish you'd come over with me because you were on the edge. You were on the edge. I was. I was. Come on over to the Diego Lopez fan gang. (laughs) Get on the wagon, man. I. uh, That's when. This is why I was so conflicted. I know that Diego's good, but I also had so much faith in Pat Sabatini doing Pat Sabatini things and being a nightmare for a lot of these dudes and giving a lot of these younger guys, you know, giving these 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 folks that think, well, I can handle this kind of wrestler, give them a reality check. I felt that that's what was going to happen. And, and, you know, that's not what ended up happening. We still got a sensational highlight real finish. Um, Diego's star is brighter than ever. Yeah. I think people uh, don't give him enough credit because they see the loss to Joe Anderson Brito and the loss to Nate Richardson on there. And, you know, those, those two losses are not good losses to have. But I feel like... He's so young, first of all, and that even though his career spans back to uh, 2012, believe it or not, mm. I just feel like it's finally kicked off probably in the last, you know, five years or so. So what, he started fighting when he was like nine and a half? How did that happen? I, I don't know. He's since... got fights here that date back to 2012. Jesus His very Christ. first fight was in 2012. Amazon's Amazonas Regional was the name of the promotion. His first three fights were there. Then he took a fight with a promotion called Big Way Fight. Then he went back to Amazonas Regional. <laughs> so I big mean, wave fight that big, sounds so brazilian big yeah, wave fight exactly oh my god but uh you know i just feel like he's coming into his own and getting his feet under him i just i really like this cat he's i mean he's if you've been fighting since obama was in office i'd hope you get that next step you know <laughs> like right? fuck, I'm, I'm glad he got that bump now like shit that's crazy yeah i mean he is Let's see, how old is this guy? I don't know. He's if he ends up being like eight. So okay. eleven years ago. So he's been fighting since he was 17. Mm, the only thing yeah. that bothers me about that is the mileage is gonna catch up with him when he hits about 32. He's gonna I feel like that's when it's all gonna catch up with him because once they get this far in a career, I mean he's been fighting already for eleven years, coming up on twelve. He's Jesus. not even 30 yet. Remember what happened to Jose Aldo when he hit like 33? He's been fighting longer than I've been a dad. That's so fucking wild, man. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Anyways, enough about Diego Lopez, who is like currently one of my favorite fighters right now. Just love the guy. We're going to move on to another guy that has become one of my favorites, who beat up one of my favorites. Benoit Saint-Denis just starching the fuck out of Matt Frivola. Man, listen, <laughs> the French threat is real. Yes. And this man, he's a judo guy. Like that his foundation was judo. And I know it's not 1993 anymore. I know guys don't just remain stagnant at their foundational art or whatever they came into the game with. I get it. But still, that's impressive because his striking is so fluid. His submission game is so like his all-around MMA game is so slick and so composed. That this is a very special talent, and I'm happy that we're seeing such a special talent. This is this is this is just a, another bright spot. You remember what I was saying earlier, Jamal Emmers, and uh, mm-hmm. um, and then his fight. This is another bright spot here, although way further along with the divisional implications. For sure. 
Now, the, my favorite fight that happened over the weekend was Jessica Andrade because we all know who my favorite female fighter is. It is Jessica Andrade. And it broke my heart to pick against her. And I probably won't do that again because up until now, I've picked her in every one of her matches. Even when she fought Valentina, I picked her. <laughs> so I didn't pick her this last time because, you know, she's had this tremendous downturn. And I honestly thought that Mackenzie Dern was probably going to immediately get her to the ground and submit her where she's, you know, a little weaker. And boy, oh boy, Jessica Andrade was not having any of that fucking shit. Um, because Mackenzie Dern did what she always does and decided to box it out with a girl that was much, much stronger and much more adept at beating another girl's ass on the feet. Okay. And this, if you want to talk about the wrong person to do that against, mm. yeah. Um, when Mackenzie did that, that weird backhand, Mm. that's when I knew like, all right, we, we can, we can, we can pack up our shit and go home, like, put, <laughs> yes. put, put the chips away, put the mac and cheese away. I think we're done here. Like I, absent the fact that I felt terrible going in for both of them. They're both mm. dealing with costs regarding divorce, divorce yeah. regarding personal problems. I saw somebody in the comments, well, Jessica's getting divorced too. Yeah, well, Dern's dealing with domestic violence on top of that. Mm. There's a much messier set of circumstances here. And when someone's got all of these problems compounded on top of another, and then they've got to prepare a camp and fight. Mm -hmm. I, in, in, in some instances, for a lot of these people, the fight itself is an escape. Yeah. And yet look at how she decided to the decisions that she made moment to moment in this bout mm -hmm. clearly were not the good ones. Yeah. And I really think that she needs to take a step back and, and readjust focus. I mean, if there were a rematch, I would hope that it would go a lot better for Dern. I don't know if she'd win, but not me. I like well, Dern a whole lot, but when you're fighting Jessica Andrade, I don't care who you are, I'm I'm rooting for Jessica. Even right. though no, I not... picked against her, I was still rooting for her. Right. And I was like an angel in the air singing. I was so happy. <laughs> well, what, but what I'm what I'm saying is that I I would have expected a better performance from from Dern. Yeah. And of course, we saw Jessica with a return to form, favored by. The fact that her opponent made yeah. some pretty bad decisions, that's not taking anything away from Jessica. It's just showing that this is the kind of mistake you don't make against somebody that dangerous, and she still got it. So uh, what this means for the the picture for the upper echelon in that division, I'm not entirely sure yet. But it's good to see Jessica back in the win column, and I'm glad that Mackenzie at least handled that with a lot of grace and, and tact. Uh, she wasn't she didn't seem delusional to me with anything that I saw that she had said after the the, uh, the conclusion of that fight uh, to to Jessica's divorce. It's still very, very costly. And her yeah. constantly worrying about money, especially after, after racking up loss after loss after loss, where she's only getting half of her purse, basically. I, I, I feel for her too. I realize yeah. there's not a domestic violence element here, but that kind of pressure is still just as, you know, it, it's, it's probably as intense and important uh, as to her as Mackenzie Dern's um, 
divorces as well. Just yeah. in different fashions. Right. But, uh, yeah, I, I feel bad for both of them that they both came out and said, this fight is so that I can pay for these this costly divorce so that I can free myself from this. And it, it sucks for both of them. It, it does, especially knowing that they could be getting paid better. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Then we get to the co-main event, Tom Aspinall defeating Sergei Pavlovich. And you know what? They started out and they both traded and Tom got clipped pretty good right off the bat. I was happy to see him eat it because I like Tom. I like Sergei too. But I, 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 I love Tom's bubbly, effervescent personality. He seems like a genuinely good dude. And he's young. It's so nice to have young talent in the heavyweight division right now. But at the same time, I do want to note, Sergei Pavlovich has never been out of the first round, even in his losses. And Tom Aspinall has only been out of the first round and into the second round three times. That is it. So there's still a lot of questions to be answered. Specifically, I would somehow like to see Tom Aspinall and Cyril Ghosn fight because Cyril Ghosn is a survivor. He fights to survive to the end of the fight. I'm curious how something like that would work out for Tom Aspinall, somebody that knows how to keep a person at range that can eat a pretty good punch because Cyril Gon can eat a pretty good punch. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm very interested to know how Tom Aspinall does against somebody that can get out of the first round with him. I, yeah, I guess. But is that the fight that makes the most sense right now? Oh, I mean, it, it wouldn't might. make any sense. I don't want to say that. And I definitely don't want to posit that as his next fight. That is not what I'm saying. Right. I'm just saying that. I am curious to know how he would do against a Sorogon or someone that could get him out of the first round, out yeah. of the second round. I would like to know how he does in a true distance fight, all five rounds. Yeah, I, I agree. It would be interesting to see him push to that limit. But so far, the way he's been fighting and the, the, the composure he's demonstrated, the way he's finished these fights, good God, man. This dude is a terror. Yeah. Um. I want to I want I want to inject a little piece of news that I just saw regarding heavyweight. So Jamal Hill came out and and I using my super heavy air quotes put Tom Aspinall on notice because now he wants to make the jump to heavyweight. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe I he think, should. I think Tom Aspinall would starch his collar. Maybe, maybe if he's, you know, Hill has that hand speed and he's got that tenacity, he can take a hit. Um, I'd can love he take to see a it. Heavyweight hit though. I I'd love to see it. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but I'd love to see it. I'm curious. All right, and then we get to Alex Pereira defeating Yuri Prohaska. And remember when I was on the fence and I almost picked Alex, and you sort of talked me out of it. Hate mm. you right now. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Why you do that to me? I don't know. You you hate me that bad. I mean, shit, get in line. Oh, have you, come on. Have now. you seen my Twitter feed? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> um, Pereira, at first, I watched that, and I thought to myself, I, I need two or three more seconds here. I feel like that was fast. That, that stoppage was fast. And then Mookie sent me an angle that 
Kaposa had seen a different mm. angle of it. And boy, yeah. you could see that clip. Woo, mm. it put him right down. And mm. then when he's pounding on him and Yuri falls back, you can literally see his eyes roll back. Yep. So there was nothing wrong with that stoppage. And I highly recommend if you were like me and immediately thought to yourself, that stoppage was way too soon. Go to Kaposa's feed and look for a response to me with a little video clip. It's right there. And you can see clearly that Yuri was compromised. So anyways, now it's time for us to jump into our weekly picks but first i am going to let everybody know what the standings are uh as i mentioned earlier we all three went one and four because we <laughs> all sucked ass on this we so, ate shit <laughs> mookie is in the lead as usual 107 67 and two i am 93 81 and two and victor is 95 79 and two so he's in second place um he is 12 down from mookie i am 14 down from mookie there is no chance in hell in us catching up with mookie unless we picked an entire card or two and picked just the exact opposite of mookie and they all won (laughs) (laughs) but for the purposes of this week because ufc vegas 82 is an absolute dog shit of a card might possibly be the worst card of the year that i've seen on paper it is that bad i was able to pull just one fight for us to uh make a prediction on the other four or five fights um one two three The other five that we're picking are all from Bellator 301, which is a stellar card. So anyways, let's get right down to it. We're going to start with Bellator because it is Friday night. And the uh, fights we are going to pick are Patricky Pitbull versus Alexander Shabili. That is, this is at 155 pounds. Victor, how are you going? I love me some Pitbull brothers, but I can't pick against Shabili, man. I can't do it. I'm I'm an absolute dork when it comes to these guys coming over from the the larger, you know, the the Fight Nights Globals, the ACBs, the Pro FCs, and it just so happens Shabili's fall for all three of them. So um, when you look at that. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta look at it and think, yeah, this this motherfucker really got it, you know. His, especially his last two wins against Brent Premis and Tofik Musayev, very, very impressive performances there. Ended them with finishes. Listen, Patricky, very good, love him, respect him, sure, but Shabili, very different kind of beast. Yeah. For sure. And Patricky um, also has, still is defensively porous. That's that's a problem with him. You know, mm-hmm. he's got all that ferocity and willingness to get in the pocket, but his willingness to get in the pocket frequently gets him in trouble. So, yeah. All right. Next up, we have AJ McKee Jr. Take. Oh, let me go back. Mookie is picking Alexander Shabili as am I. So all three of us are going with Shabili. Uh, next up, we have AJ McKee Jr. versus Sydney Outlaw. I don't see how Sydney Outlaw wins this, to be quite honest. AJ McKee is like 
a whole different level of fighter than Sydney Outlaw, in my opinion. When you, when you have always said there are levels to this, this is the perfect example right here. Yeah, that's crazy. You know what's crazy? Number one, AJ McKee is above a pit bull brother in the the placement of this card. Mm -hmm. But the fact that neither one of these is the co-main event or the main event, like mm -hmm. usually Bellator is a little different. They're a little more, let's say, classical with their um, – their distribution of bouts and they don't they're not limited to the same distribution constraints that the UFC is where you end up with some like weird ass thing. You look at the main card for this event, which we're going to get to. I know, but like Peyton Talbot versus Nick Aguirre are in the main card. D d ask the average fan who the fuck those guys are and no disrespect to them. I'm just saying, you know, like that's a main card fight. Yeah. On a UFC fight night event. And these guys have fought in the UFC. What once maybe each. Uh, meanwhile, we have this, which, by the way, banger of a card. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, even from the very beginning, Isao Kobayashi is on this one. You know what I'm saying? Islam Mamedov is on this one. So, hey, like, this Carrie one, Melendez is on this Carrie Melendez is back. In a while. And we also have Tyrell Fortune, Denise Kielholtz with her beautiful self. She's on here. Sumiko Inaba is fighting her, who's, yeah. I mean, that's a bit of a mismatch, but I'm curious to see how she does. Uh, Archie Colgan, very mm -hmm. exciting under the radar guy. Islam uh, Mamadev is on the card too. I mentioned him as well. Yes, and and Timur Kizriev, you might not you might not be too familiar with him, I but know Justin, who he is. I do. Okay, well, I mean, hey, wasn't just, he in the UFC for a brief stint? I think he, he was. He was. Hmm, was he signed and then not had? Hmm. I'm almost positive he had one fight. Let me. No, well, no, he's not. It it's in, not on his record. I don't see not, anything on his record no, for that. I not. think he was. I think they were flirting to sign him and didn't yeah, end up doing so. That's I think he's one of those guys. Yeah. And he's up against Justin Gonzalez, who was uh, basically, if you wanted, if you. Uh, I I want Justin Gaethje. Well, we have Justin Gaethje at home, and it's Justin Gonzalez, but he's like actually really good as a fighter. So, um, yeah, interesting, interesting shit. Um. Anyways, uh, we are all three taking AJ McKee. Yes, we are. All right. Next up, we got Ruffian Stotts versus Danny Sabatello. I'm taking Ruffian Stotts. I know that that he had that upset loss recently, um, but that's Patchy Mix, yo. Mm -hmm. You know, Danny Sabatello is not Patchy Mix, so I I gotta take Ruffian Stotts. Uh, Mookie is also taking Ruffian Stotts. How you going? I guess they had to make this rematch considering their first encounter was a split, yeah. and all the animosity, all the shit talk was so golden. Between these two, look up, just look up the videos of Ruffian Stott shit talking yeah. and you will be endlessly entertained. You will want to rewind. You want to play it on a loop. He is good on the mic. He is even better in the cage. Um, you might as well. Now that the tournament, they're both, you know, neither one of them's in. I mean, there's no there's no obligation for them to fight. You might as well do it now while they're still young and still relevant. You know, let them let them kind of go for it again. Indeed. Co-main event time, Sergio Pettis versus Patchy Mix. This is the fight I'm most looking forward to. Mm -hmm. Listen, Pettis is a big underdog here. He should not be. That said, I'm going against the grain here because I already know how Victor and Mookie are picking. Um, I'm going to go against the grain, though. I'm going to take Patchy Mix here because he looks like 
a 2.0 version of himself every single fight. And I like that. It, it seems like he's learned to adapt really well in fight and makes the proper adjustments now. And I like that. I know he's got his going to have his hands full with young Sergio here, but I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm a patchy mix fan. I'm a Sergio Pettis fan too, but I, I just like what I'm seeing out of patchy mix. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pick him. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'm also going with patchy. Oh, um, shit you changed your mind you know what man i just i i pettis does everything so well mm-hmm. but I, I you know i just believe in the guy you know what i'm saying i just i just feel like Finally. i don't know man purely vibes you know patchy's done so great so far you know maybe maybe he'll find some ways to make it happen but obviously you know but i i still think pettis is more likely to win but i'm gonna go with patchy awesome awesome because when we came in, you said, I'm going exactly the same way Mookie made his picks. And I was like, damn, we don't have a single one in common here. <laughs> All right. So Mookie is picking Sergio Pettis. Now we get to the main event, Jason Jackson versus Yaroslav Amosov. Listen, Amosov, all day, every day, 24 hours a day against Jason Jackson. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, what you, you, what's, what's your Thanksgiving menu looking like? You (laughs) You agreeing with me? Fuck yeah. I got to, man. I mean, look, Jason Jackson is a tough dude, but tough ain't enough. Nope. It ain't. That's the thing. You know, that's what gets me about commentary. You always know who's losing. If you're not watching your TV by how they pump up the person that's losing. Mm hmm tough you know gritty lots of heart that's jason jackson he's tough as shit but just like victor said tough ain't enough now we're gonna get to our single fight on this miserable apex card miserable first of all a brendan allen paul craig main event really hey (laughs) Are you kidding me? Listen, Mick Maynard wants to be home in time for Thanksgiving. You understand? That man got shit to do. He's trying to unbox that new special limited edition PlayStation 5 with the Spider-Man 2 covers. That man is not, he's not listening to you or me. He ain't listening to shit. That's just what this, I look at this fucking, the definition of a keep busy ass card, man. This is this is this is Fox era UFC Wednesday night Brazil action is what you're looking at. I, I hate mean, it. Okay, l- let me read let me read some names. Lucas Alexander versus Jika Saragi. Oh yeah, my panties are wet already hearing that. Good shit. Uh Charles Johnson, we know who he is, versus Rafael Estevam. Mm-hmm. Now, and we know who Chad and Hellinger is, but I don't think I know who Jose Johnson is. Yeah, I know who he is. Um, I don't. I but do I'm know who Jonathan Pierce and Joe Anderson Brito are, and I mean, that does nothing for me. Um, Mick Parkin versus Cayo Machado. Oh, God. Okay. Um, that's a heavyweight I... fight, and I know who Mick Parkin is. I don't think I'm familiar with Cayo Machado. Do you but... remember Do you remember Mick's first UFC fight? His, I do, his... and it was miserable. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's why. Uh, I mean, I didn't even know Luchi Pudalova was still in the UFC. She came back. They brought her ass back. Yeah. To, um, to fight Island Perez, who is not good. Uh, we have Nicholas Mata, who is, you know, he the bright prospect that came over that they came to knock uh, Jim Miller off his perch. And guess what happened? Jim Miller welcomed him with a goddamn knockout. He won a single fight against somebody named Cameron Van Camp and then lost his very next fight. Now he's going to fight Trey Ogden. And guess who doesn't care? Me. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say Trey Ogden. I'm like, wait, what? Did he say something? He talking <laughs> shit? Oh, it's you. Yeah. Well, I- <laughs> <laughs> and then we get Uros Medic. Did, again, didn't know he was still in the UFC because I haven't seen him fight in like 100 years. Versus Johnny Parsons. Who the hell is Johnny Parsons? I recognize the name, but I can't remember his fights. Do you? Uh, no. And Amanda Hebosh already back fighting. Get this. Are you ready for this? Mm. This is this is where we're at with Amanda now. Luana mm. Pinheiro. Mm-hmm. Good Lord, man. Well, what man, happened here? I don't here? even think that's... That's not even... Like, that's not that bad. It's on not the, terrible. It's not. By comparison still. to everything else, it's exactly. fine. Exactly. But the problem is that you have to you have to compare it to everything else. Like, what is going on? What is this? What is this? What are we doing here? I just don't I don't see what this Jordan Leavitt versus Chase, Chase Hooper. Okay, fine. Matthews who's, versus who's Peyton Talbot? <laughs> he looks like he could be my cousin. He's got fabulous hair. He does have fabulous hair, but you know what? I'm a fan now. Never mind. No, he was he was a dude. He came out of the California scene storming out with a bunch of finishes. Then he got a contender series and beat Tracy Cortez's brother to get in. Um, oh. That's I mean he's he's good. And and by the way, Tracy's brother also very good. Just them's the breaks. He's another contender series guy. Against Michael Morales, who, guess what, is also another contender series guy, if I remember correctly. Yes, there he is. And I, I remembered that because I saw the <laughs> – I saw his face and I saw the flag, the Ecuadorian flag. I know we ain't got too many of them in the UFC. And I'm like, I scouted this motherfucker for contender series. Ta-da. Victor was right. <laughs> That's well, how I remember most of these cats. Like, oh, yeah, I saw him. Yeah, I, I, I must have written about him at some point. And then you're like, yep, there it is. Well, Peyton Talbot has taken on Nick Aguirre again. I might recognize the name, but I can't remember a single fight. Absolutely unmemorable. You got Chase Hooper against Jordan Leavitt. I guess that's okay. You it's got you're, the guy that you were just talking about, Michael Morales, that fought uh, somebody that we were just talking about, is fighting Jake Matthews, who... Jake Matthews, you know what is so frustrating about him is he is very talented, but he doesn't bring that talent to play every single fight. He fights down, and I hate that. I I like to see a, a fighter go in and just obliterate. That's That should be your goal. Don't go in there and fight down to the level of your talent because that's what Jake Matthews does, and I feel like his losses come from that. Mm, well, I mean, I, I don't know how this one's going to go, but I expect him to do well. And then we get to the main event. The only fight we're picking. <laughs> Again, Brendan Allen versus Paul Craig headlining a card. is not something I expected to see, but okay, here we are. Um, 
I was worried about Paul Craig coming down to 185 because he is not a little dude. He's an enormous dude. So that weight cut must be tremendous. And I worried about him for no reason because he looked great in it in his in his debut uh, at at middleweight. He looked phenomenal, I thought. And then you get him in here against Brendan Allen, who is a damn good fighter. Damn yeah. good. I mean, Brendan is on a one, two, three, four, five, five, six. He's on a seven fight win streak right now. No, five mm-hmm. fight, excuse me. Five fight win streak. But I mean, that's fantastic. And he has a, a grappling win in there too against Gabriel Checo. But here's his wins. So Sam Alvey, uh, rear naked choke. That's easily done. It's it's not easy to knock Sam Alvey out, but it's pretty easy to get him submitted. Jacob Malkoon. Now that's a good win because Jacob Malkoon is a tough SOB. Christoph Yako, that's a good win. And he submitted him because Christoph is an, a very underrated grappler. So that is phenomenal. I like that win. Andre Muniz is where it gets really good because he he choked him out. And Andre Muniz is a very, very good grappler. Mm-hmm. Then we get to Bruno Silva. Choked him out. Good God. I gotta take I gotta take him here. I know that Paul Craig is a submission threat himself, but I feel like Brendan Allen, the upside is all with him because he is a natural middleweight and has been fighting there. He's got this cut down. He's on this tremendous streak and he's got a lot of good names in there as well. I like him a lot. I got to take him. Um, I believe Mookie is taking him as well. Well, I, I got to get, I, I mean, that's the thing. You're always rolling the dice when you pay Paul Craig, mm-hmm. cause he's got too many of these hail Marys. He's reliant on taking damage, going where the opponent takes him with the fight and pulling it out. That's cool. That's impressive. I just don't know that that's – at some point that's going to stop working. And this is one of those guys that you don't want to do that against. That's right. That's right. All right, folks. That's going to wrap up our picks. All three of us are taking Brendan Allen. Uh, what we're going to do right now is we're going to split off here and give our paid subscribers some bonus content. If you're not a paid subscriber, this is your opportunity to, one, get the bonus content every week, two, support an awesome independent website that still reports the bad stuff. There are so many people out there that are not reporting everything, but we're reporting everything. All these payouts, they come from us, from our hard work. Anyways, uh, we'll be right back. To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcasts and you will get new shows throughout the week, including the MMA Bunker and MMA Tete-a-Tete shows with Kid Nate, 
the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not The Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection Main Card and Prelims UFC Preview Shows, the Sixth Round Post Fight Show, the Show Money Podcast, and the MMA Depressed Us.